Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Mayer Bernard, Mike Molina, and the Hackmaster Raptor Vashem MD. We will be right back. Kick off Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Due to the billions of marketing dollars spent by Walzer Automotive on Tom Bernard Podcast, you hopefully know that Walzer sells cars. What you might not know is that they also have two full-service collision repair centers in the Twin Cities. They're fully certified by all insurance carriers and can help you navigate all the paperwork if you ever have an accident. But wait, there's more. They've also been in the paintless dent repair business for nearly 30 years and can take those pesky dings out for just a fraction of what traditional body work costs. Broken windshield? Walzer Collision is a fleet of full-service mobile glass repair trucks as well. Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating. Check them out at walzercollision.com. Oh, you got to play songs by dead women. That's nice. This was such a huge hit. What, so, but did they figure out what happened to her? Not yet, no. Oh. Oh, oh. They have no idea what happened to her yet. Dolores so weird. And... Hmm. You think drugs are involved? Andy, you think drugs might be involved? That's my first thought, but uh, nothing yet. What, she was 46? 
Yeah. yeah. That surprises me that she was only 46. I know. It seems like that song was a huge hit a long time ago. It does indeed. There's no doubt about that. It's really, really sad. Well, have you looked at anything in the past? Oh, well, in the past hour, CNN reports that her death was not suspicious, which isn't a huge surprise. I didn't think they were even bothering to investigate that. Well, I guess any time somebody just dies yeah, at 46, you have to think that there might be foul play. Yeah. But, well, there she was not murdered, so there you go. That's something. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's nice that she wasn't murdered. It's always nice to not be murdered. Cranberry singer mourned as voice of a generation. I don't know about that. Fans, family members, and fellow musicians are mourning Dolores O'Riordan, lead singer of the Cranberries, who died suddenly in London yesterday. Dan Waite, manager of rock label 11.7 International, says he is stunned by the death of his longtime friend who left him a voicemail just hours before her death. He says she told him she was looking forward to seeing him in the studio on Monday. When she was to have recorded vocals for hard rock band Bad Wolves, cover of the Cranberries hit Zombie, she sounded full of life and was joking and excited to see me and my wife this week. Waite tells people the news of her passing is devastating. My thoughts are with Don and her ex-husband, her children, and her mother. O'Riordan was found dead at a hotel Monday morning, and police in London say the death is being treated as unexplained. She had suffered from both physical and mental health problems for years and had to cut short a Cranberries tour last year because of back problems. Yeah, she said she couldn't play her guitar because it was too heavy. Oh. Uh, you get ups and downs. Uh, sure, isn't that what life is all about? Among the many fans paying tribute Monday was Irish Prime Minister Leo Varadkar. For anyone who grew up in Ireland in the 1990s, Dolores O'Riordan was the voice of a generation as the female lead singer of a hugely successful rock band. She blazed a trail and might just have been Limerick's greatest rock star ever. Rest in peace. That's very, very sad. Very talented. Yeah. Bono who? And now we found out, of course, Edward. What? What? I don't know. We're connected. We're here. Sorry. Yeah, we're here. Um, no, we're here. Uh, in any case, we also lost Edwin Hawkins. Yeah, he died this morning. Edwin in Hawkins. Stephen Hawkins? Wait, that's no. Hawkins. Edwin Hawkins is a gospel singer that did Oh Happy Day. One of the, well, it's the oh. biggest gospel hit of all time is what it is. So, yeah, Edwin Hawkins died this morning. Phenomenal gospel singer. Yeah, it just, just I don't know, man. A lot of people, I suppose, just she's 46. Who knows why she died? But Edwin Hawkins was only 74. Now these days, you look at 74, and it's like, eh, that's you know, that's still technically average, I think. I think it is. I think you're probably right about that. But at 46, U.S. At 46, there, there, are, you know, the things that come to mind at that age: sudden death, unexpected. Well, one is something in the brain. You have an aneurysm that could do it in a heartbeat. Something that stops your heart, whether it's a pulmonary embolus. Uh, if she was on a plane flight, you know, and was dehydrated, that, that's possible. She could have had an arrhythmia in her heart, stop her heart, or done that. Or with that yeah. whole idea about emotional problems, back problems, you really worry about yeah. a narcotic overdose. I mean, it, yeah. just mm-hmm. pulling the prince, doing a prince. Yeah, that is true. I suppose painkillers. You just uh... was Prince on those uh, for pain, or just because he liked them? No, it started his... out as pain. Yeah, but it's his back. I was mean, it you his have hip. The, his oh. back. I thought it was back. Or hip back way well, was in a chronic user. Something. And if you're a chronic user, then you move on to something. Well, you know, it's harder to get these pills. You know, they don't give them to me. Geez, I can get this heroin cheaper. Uh, you know, oh, geez, you get, you get a bad dose. Yeah. Boom, you're out of here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really yeah. in a heartbeat. That's it. 
You think someone like Prince with his millions and millions of dollars could have just like, you know, bought a mass spec or something. Had someone <laughs> run all of his heroin. <laughs> yeah, run my heroin. That's what I would do. Yeah. What's a mass spec? Mass spectrometer. Basically, um, it shows what uh, atoms are in whatever you put into it. So you would know if it's pure heroin or if there's something else in it. Yeah. And if there's something oh. else in it, then you... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can exam- And since he was so rich, then it's like... You think you would just, you know, go ahead and do that just for the safety of it, but well, he wasn't. Uh, maybe he didn't want the safety of it. Yeah, and maybe that's the excitement, the excitement of the <clears throat> of the chase. Oh. Yeah, but the mass speculator gives a characteristic. You know, heroin has a characteristic pattern when you run it through. You know, I'm sure the carfenta yep. has a characteristic pattern. And if you see carfenta in your stuff, eh, maybe you shouldn't use that or take it easy on it. <laughs> yeah, I got to ask you a question. As a doctor here, there's this new claim out. That if you want to sleep faster, it says obviously anxiety is one of the main things that keeps us up at night. When you're stressed, you just lie there thinking of all the stuff you need to do the next day. So it makes sense why this might help. A new study found the easiest way to fall asleep faster is to make a to-do list before bed of all the stuff you need to accomplish over the next few days. Uh, Why would making a to-do list before you go to bed, wouldn't you be thinking about all the stuff you had to get done and that would keep you from sleeping? Yeah, I would think so. I think it would be counterproductive. Two schools of thought, I think. Some people, it's like they mull out, they mull over and over and over things in their mind, and that's why they can't sleep. So if they just write it down, then it's supposed to calm your monkey mind, as they say. The monkey mind, right? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I don't know. I but think... for some task oriented people yeah. that have to finish the task before they can relax, it, it might be counterproductive. Well, I'm not task oriented at all. No. But I think I still <laughs> would be like, I don't know, just. Having the fact that I need to do all that stuff like present right in my uh, like in my conscious would be annoying if I'm trying to fall asleep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I usually um, I usually lay down and just uh, plan on how I'm going to get the next thing done. Then I go to sleep. That's it. Psychologists at Baylor University monitored the sleep patterns of about 60 people between the ages of 18 and 30. Half of them spent five minutes writing to-do lists before they went to bed. The other half made a list of all the things they'd accomplished that day. The ones who made to-do lists fell asleep nine minutes faster, which might not seem like much, but it's on par with what some prescription sleep meds can do. It doesn't have to be a long list. Even a few bullet points can help, but it's even better if you're thorough. People who wrote much longer, more specific to-do lists fell asleep faster than people who wrote shorter, more general ones. So I don't know about that. I, I don't need to write down a to-do list. I know exactly what I have to do every day. And I anticipate things that I'm going to have to do a few days down the, down the road. So I don't know. People have to write those down. Well, every, oh, yeah, a lot of people. Everybody just processes everything differently. Yeah, I guess that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, but it's going to eat into your hours of sleep by writing stuff down. Yeah, too. So you get nine minutes to sleep See, earlier, just, but take nine minutes to write it all down. doesn't make sense. It's a push. I'd ruminate all night if I wrote my to-do list down. Uh, I would. I'd ruminate on it all night long if yep. I wrote that stuff down. Don't you think? I, don't I know. would. For me, I think it's better to write it down. Yeah, yeah some people. people. If Michael Jackson was still around, he probably would have taught Paris Jackson that it's dangerous to pick up hitchhikers these days. You know what's funny about this? What? 
literally, Mike Evans just brought up Paris Jackson, the fact that she loves to pick up hitchhikers. Is she, how old is she? She, I don't know how old she is now. She's Old enough to know better? Oh, God, yeah. She's in her 20s, I think. I've never uh, seen anybody hitchhike anymore, have you? I know. It's very rare these days. They said she, Mike Evans said she would pull over at a bus stop and just tell the people waiting for a bus, <laughs> oh, get in the car, I'll take you where you're going. That sounds like risk-seeking behavior to me. It really does. Either that or she's just bored. She's only 19. Oh, no. she's only 19? So, I mean, she might just be a dumb kid still. I guess so. Maybe she's just trying to be nice. She's a very wealthy, very attractive woman. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Yeah. Paris posted a video on social media where she talked about how she gave a couple of hitchhikers a ride across L.A. the night before. She said one of the girls was, quote, pretty effed up. <laughs> so she put her own socks on her and then uh, took them to a fast food joint to get some dinner. And the girl repaid her generosity by stealing her debit card. Oh, my God. Paris didn't elaborate, so it's unclear whether they were actually able to use it before she reported it. Mike Evans literally just brought this up last week that Paris uh, Paris Jackson needs to stop picking up hitchhikers yeah. and people at bus stops because they're gonna she's gonna end up dead is yeah, what's gonna happen no, especially once people figure out who she is. I mean, very attractive woman. <laughs> I, I just I don't understand. I don't get it. That's all I have to say to you. Oh, Cassie, our um, social media guru just texted me and said that the lead singer from the Cranberries has attempted suicide before. Yeah, she has before. I knew that, but. Uh, that wasn't the situation yeah, here. Not. Sounds like it was something uh, self-inflicted, most likely. Yeah, probably is. If they were saying, well, she was not murdered, they must have been investigating murder, which means some yeah. physical harm was done to her. Gunshot, maybe. Yeah, probably. Ugh. That's terrible. Some random <clears throat> facts for your Tuesday. The penalty for cannibalism in Idaho is up to 14 years in prison. Did you know that? No. Unless you ate someone, quote, under extreme life-threatening conditions as the only apparent means of survival, then you're good. <laughs> there you have it. Well, I'm glad that that's Does okay. that include placentas? More than, what's yeah. that? Does that uh, include placentas? I don't think so. Yeah. People, some people eat placentas. And yeah, they do. That's not good. Well, it's not like they, you know, like, toss it in with a little garlic and a stir-fry. Yeah, they, they do. do. They do some dehydrating and all this stuff. No. Well, they still put it in a pill. Cook not, it sometimes. Some pe- most people have yeah. it dehydrated. People do make yeah. placenta pills. What's it's like why though? Supposedly it's supposed to make you recover from having a baby faster or something. I don't know yeah. about that. Know. Some people fry it up, do a little stir fry. So. Yeah. They do indeed. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Do animals eat their placentas? Some do, yes. Yeah. Some uh, do. Mm-hmm. So apparently, a lot of them do, yeah. Including yeah. herbivores. Yep, even er- I've seen horses nibble at it. Exceptions include humans, camels. Uh, what is cetacea and pinnipedia? Cetacea are dolphins. Oh. And pinnipeds are uh, seals. Oh. Dolphins and <laughs> seals. I guess humans, <laughs> seals, dolphins, and camels were the only ones that don't. That's everything. Good to know. Although pinnipeds. most animals don't really have a sense of disgust, so. <laughs> Like, think of true. like what? What's the la- when's the last time you saw a dog be disgusted by something? Never. It just doesn't happen. Well, actually, Bella, she smells well something she, she doesn't like. She's like ew. I think she just does that to like show everyone how cool she is. Right. I guess sometimes some people say that the animals eat the placenta so that there's not sign of uh, sign yeah. Of, that makes sense. Yeah, blood so that it doesn't draw predators. Well, that's but. why dogs eat something else they leave behind. <laughs> Well, that's it's nice. true. That's, that's why they great. do it. 
That's great. There are a bunch of coworkers I'd like to tell to eat that. But, oh. You know. No, that's not true. I love my coworkers. They're very nice people. I'll be glad to hear that after More, that comment. Exactly. More than half American baby boys are circumcised versus less than 3% in European countries like Finland and Britain. Less than 3% of people in in European countries are yep. circumcised? Yeah, it's a, it I seems to be that. a uniquely American thing to do. No. I, there's like It's just like kind of... Some countries just randomly do, and some don't. It's, it seems to be, um, I don't know. I, I mean, America has a pretty big Jewish presence, but not that big. No, not at all. Not at all. The Starbucks at CIA headquarters doesn't write people's names on the coffee cup to protect their identity. Well, you just give them a fake name. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm buying that story at all, because you just, I don't, I don't think I've ever given my real name anyway. Really? I'm not in the CIA. It's none of their business what my name is. Hmm. That's the way I look at it. I guess that's true. I go with Shlomo. Shlomo. Shlomo, party of two. Uh, Instant coffee was invented by a guy named George Washington. He came to America from Belgium in the late 1800s, started manufacturing instant coffee in 1910. And finally, your random fact for a Tuesday. It's a federal crime for someone who's not a postal worker to wear a U.S. Postal Service uniform unless you're <laughs> acting in a play, TV show, or movie. A Halloween costume isn't a good enough excuse. It's impersonating a federal uh, employee. Yeah. Yeah. You can get a fine or six months in prison if you wear it as a Halloween costume. Imagine getting six months in prison for that. For that. It's what like is? the single dumbest reason to go to prison. So if you wear a black suit and a black tie, are you impersonating an FBI agent? If you had, like, the fake badge, then oh, okay. definitely. Yeah, yeah, if you had a fake badge, that would not be good to be flashing a, a fake badge. They would not find that funny in the least. That's very, very true. It's just, uh, it's just not going to happen. You know what I mean? So you can't wear the it's FBI. Not a, it's not a good idea. You can't wear an FBI T-shirt either. Interesting. Oh, that's interesting because I know they. Uh, I was given a CSI hat. I've been given FBI hats, so I know you can wear the hats. Mm-hmm. Huh. I don't know if you have to wear the entire uniform or not. No, I, I know. Like I said, I have a St. Paul cop hat, a Minneapolis cop hat, an FBI hat, a CSI hat. I feel so the like hat part's okay, I guess. They have to prove intent to defraud. Yeah, maybe. You would. Uh, there's no way. We will be right back in just a couple. Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company? A better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. If you've noticed your vision getting cloudy, blurry, or dim, or having more difficulty seeing at night, you could have cataracts. Tom here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they do much more? They do, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age where my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Of course, Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology and vision options available, so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you've been told you have cataracts or you're wondering why things just aren't as clear as they used to be, call the experts at Whiting Clinic or go to whitingclinic.com to learn more. 
See the folks at Whiting Clinic in order to see your very best. And don't forget to tell them that I sent you. Ask you something. Well, what do you do for a living, Newman? I'm a United States postal worker. <laughs> Aren't those the guys that always go crazy and come back with a gun and shoot everybody? Sometimes. Why is that? Because the mail never stops. It just keeps coming and coming and coming. There's never a let up. It's relentless. Every day it piles up more and more and more. And you've got to get it out. But the more you get out, the more it keeps coming in. And then the barcode reader breaks. And it publishes Clearinghouse. All right. Oh. <laughs> it's a little and, harsh. And it continues in that manner for a while. It does. It just goes on and on and on and on. I suppose that's true. Uh, I love that character. That was a great character on Seinfeld. Yeah. Newman, yeah. <laughs> Newman. Newman. Was that his first acting job? No, he'd been around before. Really? Greatest thing about that was I used to play in a golf tournament every year at Midland Hills Golf Course over in St. Paul. And every year one of the twosomes in our group was a guy named Jerry whose best friend was Newman. <laughs> so it was, mm. hello, Jerry. Hello, Newman. <laughs> it was phenomenal. I haven't seen those guys in years now, though. But Jerry and Newman, by total coincidence, which works. Did, you know, uh, it works for me. Did the Newman character do uh, Jurassic Park before or after Seinfeld? After. Well, uh, Seinfeld started in 90... Well, he started doing Newman in 92, and Jurassic Park was 93. Okay. I think uh, Newman was definitely... As soon as he did that character, he started getting... Um, Jobs because 93 Jurassic Park, 96 Space Jam, 97 Hercules, etc. etc. But before that, it was kind of, uh, I mean, he had done a couple of things, but like seven episodes of some show called Assaulted Nuts. I don't even know what that is. Um, (laughs) He was in Dirty Dancing as Stan, so there's that. He was? I don't know who Stan is, but yeah. And then he was in a movie called JFK. 91. Yeah, that was yeah. obviously the Oliver Stone movie. Um, I'm assuming it was yes. the Oliver Stone movie. So yeah. he wasn't that, but I don't think they were ever major roles. And then he lost. Mm, no, he's never had a. No, he's never been a lead lead player. No, <laughs> never been a lead player. Yeah, he lost all the weight, then he's gained it back to get work again. Because he, he no. well, I didn't know he lost all the weight. Yeah, he lost. He lost. We would see him in Burbank, and he would lost a bunch of weight. It was. He was a. It was a. Uh, fraction of his former self but then he was like people don't recognize me anymore that's right it's a character sad yeah. honest to god yep it is amazing ladies and gentlemen lake of the isles mansion that once sold for record price hits market for 5.9 million dollars oh it's that one right there in the corner i don't know if i can say this or not because they might be listening but it's one of the ugliest houses i've ever seen in my entire life it looks like a garden center Mediterranean Mansion set the record twice for highest price household in Minneapolis. Uh, people, this uh, Mediterranean villa is, uh, villa is one of the most recognizable houses on Lake of the Isles Parkway. You guys would know it. It's the one right in the corner. It's the white one, and it's kind of round in the front. People notice the big white house on a corner lot overlooking Lake of the Isles with its Spanish Revival architectural features, a curving veranda topped with a fan-like pergola, and lush Versailles-like landscaping, the home's grandeur stands out even uh, by Lake of the Isles standards. Minnesota's own Mediterranean villa and quite a showstopper is how Larry Millett described it in an architectural guide's book to the Twin Cities and the Minneapolis Lakes District. It's also one of the 25 most iconic Minnesota homes, according to Midwest Home Magazine. Uh, actually, a friend of Catherine's once owned it. 
Um, it's all, uh, the showy 1911 villa set the record twice as the highest-priced house ever sold in Minneapolis. First in 2004 when it sold for $4 million, and again in 2009 when it went for $4.859 million. It's now back on the market but not likely to set a third record listed at $5.995 million. It's priced below the $6.3 million that a downtown condo fetched in 2016. $6.3 million for a condo. Yeah, it's not worth that. That's amazing. What do you get for almost six million? You guys want to buy this? Because I'll tell you what you get for six million. What do you get? Not enough. Over oh. eighty four hundred square feet of living space, including four bedrooms, eight bathrooms, and a six car garage. Lots of natural light thanks to a center core light box with a massive skylight. A dining room with a curved window wall overlooking the lake. A luxurious owner suite with two spa bathrooms, a sitting area, two walk-in closets, an office, a wall of glass, and a private deck. A new gourmet kitchen with marble countertops, heated herringbone floors, European cabinets, a pricey La Cornu range, and a tabletop beverage system that could brew coffee at the touch of an iPad. A home theater, a game room, a gym, a solarium, and a sauna. A large gated lot with uh, high-tech embassy-esque security systems and multiple patios, decks, and terraces, but no basement. All the rooms are above ground. I wonder why they did that. Well, I mean, can a condo have a basement? No, no, this is not a condo, Andy. We're talking about the house on Lake of the Isles. Oh. Well, Uh, what was the condo? I don't know. They didn't say. They didn't say where that was. It just. It's the highest. It's the most ever sold. A house ever sold. Just some condo. Some condo, but they don't say where it is. Six point three million. This is for sale for five point nine nine five million. I. I got to be honest with you. I've never cared for that house. I. Well, I don't like. I like houses that look like houses. You know, this looks more like a. Because that looks like a garden center or something. Uh, Here's what I like. The comments on it. This is why I read this in the first place. Don't forget the property taxes that are two to three times higher than the rest of the country. And then there's the 9.8% special tax for all of the high-income producers. Uh, If you can afford to buy a $6 million home, you can afford higher taxes. That's not necessarily true. Why should you have to pay higher taxes just because you can afford them? Uh, Togo writes, too small for me, I'll pass. <laughs> 8,400 square feet, too small. Stunningly beautiful, I guess they'd have more in landscaping and wrought iron than I have in my entire property. $75 in large uh, large in property taxes. How are the schools? Seven, I thought the taxes on that would be more than 75000 a year. I really did. Yeah. Uh, and the city schools are horrible, if you're asking. You're talking about the public schools? They're horrendous. Uh, city leaders should exercise eminent domain, seize the property, and build either an affordable or Section 8 housing. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't doubt they're being serious here, though. That's the problem with it. I, I would not doubt they're being serious about that. Uh, I've been thinking of downsizing. Maybe I'll buy it, says you, parent. Uh, Duralton says, why does the word gaudy come to mind? I don't think it's gaudy. It just doesn't look like a, like a house. Edina, 2008, she's a butte, run past it every day, but only four bedrooms? Well, but the problem you have now is people don't need more than four bedrooms any longer. Yeah, that's plenty of bedrooms. You know, people don't have seven, eight kids anymore, so, you know, that's that. As it is exclusively limousine liberals who live in that area, I have I have to wonder what the carbon footprint of that mansion is. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah, how much carbon are you putting out from that joint, man? Yeah, with no basement and no poor insulation and old technology. Oof, man. That's yeah, big. Well, you would think the carbon footprint would be huge. I think you're probably right about that. 
Uh, Dan J says, how is it that you know that, that it is exclusively limousine liberals that live in this area? Do you do a door-to-door survey, or perhaps you're making some assumptions? I run or walk around Lake of the Isles, and rarely do I see a limousine on less than a world of alternative facts. A Prius is now a limousine. I think you're trying to you know, point in another direction here. You know exactly what he means by a limousine liberal. It's a liberal who's very wealthy. That's all that means. And there are lots of liberals in Minnesota that are very, very wealthy. Uh, nothing about that house looks like an iconic Minnesota home except the fabulous lake location and the sauna. Between the lack of basement and the obvious over-the-top opulence, it feels far more like an iconic Texas home. Somebody had told me one time that it was separated into, into different living spaces, but I don't know if that's true or not. Have you ever heard that? Or like apartments? Is that what you mean? I think that somebody hmm. told me that that place at one time many, many years ago was separated into apartments, oh. but I don't know if that's true or not. I have no idea. Uh, again, the question asks, how much are the property taxes per year? According to the Hennepin County Assessor's website, $75,151.02. Hmm. Um, heck, you need a basement to hide from tornadoes. I wonder if my little dog and I would get lost in this house. To be honest, who would, should ever need the size of a house? A family of 20 probably would do it. 20? I don't know about that. And then somebody's finally nice that says, wow, it's beautiful. And then as soon as I, I put the... Uh, the cursor on that comment, it said it popped up and said, report as inappropriate. <laughs> That's really nice. I mean, it always says that if you put the cursor on there. But in that particular case, I don't know if that was a good idea or not. Uh, iconic Minnesota home. True, it is a Minneapolis home and not a Lake Minnetonka estate yeah. that uh, the Lunds have for sale or something on Brackett's Point for $23 million. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. It's not that. But that home has been there now for, what, 107 years? And they say 1911. Uh, the landscaping is absolutely gorgeous. Like I said, some people would think this is an absolutely magnificent house. I just, I like, what do you even call the average home, like, architecture? Is that, I mean, there are salt box homes, there are... Georgian. I don't know. Where, where, where's our, Georgian, where, where's yeah. our real estate uh, expert here? She got a call about something. Uh, She's coming back right now. You, Ralph wants you to get off the phone, Catherine. <laughs> but business. Business. The, I had business to do. You know, I guess I guess my criticism it's it's sort of a Minnesota Mediterranean. You know, it's this Minnesota interpretation of Mediterranean home, where you see so many Minnesota French. I call it Minnesota French. It's this oddball gamish of uh, weird roof angles and to make it look like a French home, and they don't look any more French than. Uh, nothing. I mean, it's just really weird kind of architecture sometimes. So, I don't know, that doesn't do yeah, much for me. Yeah. Your buddy, uh, your buddy's home went on the market for $6 million. My buddy? Yeah, this one. You know this. We won't say who it was that lived here, but you know the people who lived here. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, they lived there before. It's not, they don't live there now. No, no. They, they sold it uh, a few years ago for about $4.9 million. So, where was this $6.3 million condo? Catherine, do you know in downtown it Minneapolis? Say. It doesn't. I suppose we could find it, Catherine. Do you know the the, the most expensive house ever sold in Minneapolis was six point three million dollars and was for a condo. Well, a lot of times, what people will do, like um, in the Westin or the Carlisles, when they build them, they'll buy in and, or they'll buy three condos and you know knock all the walls down and oh, create one it. giant yeah, condo. Or, or when they buy in, they buy an entire floor. Right. That Here can it happen. Is. Yes. It occupies the entire top floor of a building in the Mill District. 
Uh, how many square feet? It's got to be over 10,000, I would imagine. Uh, for some Washburn, reason, they're saying okay. 1,400 per square foot, so they know the square footage, but they're not saying the square footage. Well, no. I mean, I guess we could uh, divide. Well, unless you measure it, you really don't know. Well, but they know that they have to. Let's see, 1,400, it'll be 4,500 square feet. That's all? <laughs> yes. That's pretty big for a condo. Well, yeah, but yeah, $6.3 million for that? Well, it might have giant terraces it might have an amazing view i don't i don't know maybe they've got their own pool you never know no the the per it's all true. the per square foot uh value of condos is way out of control it's messed up oh, out it, of control. it totally is and so yeah and so is the uh property tax on condos really it's shocking oh yeah. property tax is huge they on just, condos really they kill you on property taxes they act like you've got a single family home on that prime lot it's, it's unbelievable so yeah, the, it is. Uh, so the taxes are going to be about the same for that six million dollar condo downtown, as it is. Or are they going to be even more, multi, uh, multiplied more, an order, uh, an order of magnitude greater? No. Well, it, it'll be the same, but you know, you've got if if you're let's say you've got ten floors and you've got ten stacks of those condos and they're all valued at six million dollars or whatever, they're still paying two percent. Okay. Each each one, even though they're only occupying a small portion of property actually if you think about it yes so it, a, it seems that they, they should to me they should be divided into however many floors it's so it's a living space tax as much as a property yes. a real property tax okay yes pretty much a majority of voters in the state believe that al franken groped or sexually harassed multiple women but more voters believe he should not have resigned from the u.s senate than those who think he should have according to a new star tribune minnesota poll of course, those polls are so slanted. They're always slanted when they're done by a newspaper. I don't think there's a. I don't care if it's liberal or 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 uh, conservative. Any poll done by a newspaper is always slanted. Uh, Franken resigned his seat earlier this month following a string of sexual ha- harassment allegations by more than a half dozen women. In most cases, he did not directly deny the allegations, but said he remembered some of the incidents differently or didn't remember them at all. Uh, Franken stepped down following demands uh, he do so by other Democratic senators. He said he felt he could no longer be effective. Sixty percent of the 800 registered voters statewide who participated in the poll said they believed that Franken did grope or harass multiple women, but only 41 percent said he should have resigned, while 48 percent he should not uh, should not have. The rest, 11 percent, were unsure. The poll was taken January uh, 8th through the 10th, has a margin of sampling error of plus or minus 3.5 percentage points. I really admire Al Franken, but I believe the women said Rachel Parker of Minneapolis. She was sad to see him go, but Parker, a 71-year-old retiree, said resigning was the only thing he could do to adhere to his principle. To his principles. God, I tell you, Minnesotans can delude themselves. It's unbelievable. Uh, So Al Franken, I love that. They believe that uh, he did sexually harass women but shouldn't step down. So you should not pay for your sins. Mm. Is that what you're saying? No consequences. Exactly. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about MyPillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone said it was. Well, I received my first MyPillow, and I love it. Look, my, my head stays level. You know, it's not too high, not too low. My neck feels much better because of it. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. MyPillow is offering a buy one MyPillow, get another one absolutely free, 
Don't delay. This offer will end on January 31st. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first My Pillow. If you already know how great the My Pillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Go to MyPillow.com, but make sure you use the promo code TOM. Again, please use promo code TOM. That's promo code TOM. MyPillow.com. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. And neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? Happy wife, happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. Well, at 5.995 million, uh, it would be your house. It's all yours with a dog and a cat. You're good to go. Um, a couple of things that I wanted to address in this segment were the Aziz Ansari story and the SEAL story. So you know the Aziz Ansari story, right? No. Yes. That he, he took a woman out to dinner. Uh, they went back to his apartment um, started kissing and all the rest of it, and then uh, she felt that he had gone too far. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't know the whole story. She, but they ended up having oral sex with one another, and uh, then she left. And then he, she accused him of sexual assault or sexual harassment, at least, because she said she didn't want to do anything and she was uncomfortable. And uh, now you've got people like Ashley Banfield came out and said, "Look, lady, I'm sorry, but you know." Because you decide later on that you didn't like... As a matter of fact, the next day, Aziz Ansari... And I am not an Aziz Ansari fan, and I'm certainly not uh, defending him in any way, shape, or form. But we're getting to the point now where I kind of wonder... It doesn't sound to me like... I mean, the next day he called her, and, and he called her an Uber so she could go home that night. Uh, the next day he called her and said, I'd like to go out with you again. That would be fun. And, that, and she said, no. And he said, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you had a good time. And she said, no, no, I, I, I didn't. He goes, well, I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry for that. I thought, uh, I thought uh, we were clicking, and I guess I got the wrong impression. I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that. Well, now she's accused him of sexual assault or sexual harassment, whatever it is. Um, Ashley Banfield came out on HLN and said, this is way out of line, and women like you, is what she said, are going to uh, cause other women problems if you keep doing things like this. Because there are real things when people, in her opinion now, this is not me talking, this is Ashley Banfield, uh, and her opinion, it's going to make it a lot tougher for some women to come forward if people like you come forward and claim that this was sexual harassment or sexual assault when you willingly had oral sex with the man. And now you say that you were sexually harassed instead of just leaving. 
um, because she never said she wanted to leave, and he didn't force her to stay. So, uh, yes, just because you regret something you did doesn't mean it's everyone else's fault that you did it. Right, exactly. And then the other story is, this is probably not what Seal had in mind when he encouraged sexual abuse victims to speak out in a Thursday Facebook video. After seeing the video, actress Tracy Birdsall tells TMZ she was inspired to tell her own story of assault involving the Kiss from a Rose singer. Birdsall says she was living near Seal in Los Angeles in the fall of 2016 when she went to his house to retrieve a salad spinner he had borrowed. At that point, she says, Seal tried to forcibly kiss her and grope her breasts, suggesting that her outfit, shorts and a tank top, meant she was asking for it. Birdsall says she told the singer to stop but agreed to sit beside him on a couch out of shock. She says Seal continued to grope her and made additional comments about her clothing. A rep for the singer says Seal vehemently denies the allegations and intends to vigorously defend himself. It's not clear if the case will move to a courtroom, but Los Angeles police say that a report of sexual battery was filed against the singer on Saturday, per page six. Two days earlier, Seal had posted a video to Facebook denying suggestions uh, that his reposting of a Harvey Weinstein meme was meant as a dig at Oprah Winfrey, addressing the toxic nature of Hollywood. Seal explained, none of the women who have come forward have received any real justice whatsoever. Losing your job because you either A, raped, or B, sexually abused, or even sexually harassed a woman is not real punishment, he continued, before telling victims to please come forward, please keep coming forward. Uh, well, they did, and now he's been accused of sexually harassing a woman. So, yeah, you but can't he, encourage the witch hunt unless you want to become part of it. What I don't understand, though, is how can all this continue when there's no proof of any of it? And again, I, I'm not saying these women are lying, but there's no proof any of this happened, right? I, yeah, uh, right. And there are going to be people that are, you know, it's just human nature to start taking advantage of. Uh, a movement oh, yeah. in America yeah. and try to get their publicity, fame, yeah, get their publicity, yeah. something out of it. Well, you know, this mm-hmm. this kind of plays in with uh, the letter that was uh, signed by the French women. Uh, Catherine Deneuve has recently apologized right. for that, and that was is saying yep. that this has gone too far. This really is not helping the situation. And in that letter, she says, you know, we really need men to be involved so that this can stop. And, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. not just a woman's thing. A women, the men have to be involved so that we, they can be educated, uh, repatriated, or <clears throat> reprogrammed. So this, this no longer goes on. But it's a kind of a human nature kind of a thing. I don't know how you sterilize a, you know, a world for stuff like this. And with no proof. I mean, th- that's the other thing. There's just no proof of this. I mean, this is what happened. Well, it's he said, she said. What do you do? Yeah, are you going to have to have a camera in every room if you have people over probably i've been saying all along thank god we're married honey that's all i have to say to you i don't know andy a guy your age 31 years old going on a date now i don't know how safe anybody is women men or whomever well you're supposed to according to the you know liberal elite you're supposed to ask permission for everything that you do want to do was that was that Amherst College where they did that, where you have to ask permission to kiss someone? Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it was Amherst, but I'm sure that that's. No, I'm, I'm sure college, that that's. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that that's the climate in a lot of colleges. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I suppose. Look, I, I don't. Look, when you and I first went out, I don't ever remember forcing myself on you. Well, people, did they think <laughs> we wouldn't be married if you did. <laughs> well, that, well you know, <laughs> I mean, like they've never you might been have had made to feel uncomfortable in their lives. So, if someone they're not attracted to, like you know, hits on them, 
they feel like, you know, this is some grave injustice because mm. they don't know how to handle it. They don't know how to just say, you know, right. no oh. or, you know, leave or something. They never leave for some reason. They always stick around for these events to happen. Uh, it, I mean, it's just getting so confusing because there, there's a lot of difference between somebody leaning mm. in for a kiss that, you know, is unwanted and somebody groping you. I mean, if somebody's hands are on you and you don't want them, then that's bad. But if somebody leans in for a kiss and you're like, hey, wait a minute, that's not what I was, you know, but, looking for. Right. There's no there's no great problem there, I don't think. It's just but, a, a mixed signals or whatever. There's usually an embrace associated with a kiss. Usually. Uh, yeah, I would think so. There's, an ele- there's So there's an element of physical contact, you know, and, and, and you, well, you're going to get signed affidavit. Now, I'm going to touch your arm. Can I we sign here, please? You know, uh, I'm, I'm going to. I would, I'd like to. Ki- I'd like to kiss you. Will you please sign here, please. You know, and the woman's not going to do the same thing. What if? A, what if a woman uh, reaches out and touches a man? Same thing. Maybe the guy doesn't want to. Doesn't want the advance. That's well, rare, that has though. Happened. It, yeah, it is not rare. No, it really is not rare at all. Not it's rare for, that you'll not for a sexy beast like you. It's rare yeah, that you'll hear it. about it, though. Yeah, you will never hear about it. But I, I, I on this very show, I've uh, I've interviewed a lot of comedians, a lot of actors. And every single one of them said they've they've had their sack grabbed. And usually when it happens is you're about to take a picture and the woman will just reach over and grab your crotch. So it does happen to men quite often as well. Um, I mean, the sad part of this for me is that all these women who have been sexually abused by people like Harvey Weinstein, who's a psycho, or Kirk Douglas, who, by the way, Hollywood stood up, gave a standing ovation and applauded, that lunatic who's been accused of even, they never found it to be true or not true, but he was even accused of helping to murder a young girl at one point. Uh... He's been accused of... Well, Natalie Wood came right out and said that Kirk Douglas raped her when she was 16. And there's all the Hollywood big shots at the Golden Globe standing up and giving him a standing ovation. Oh, boy, look at this. Now we're talking. I suppose, though, when they're all talking amongst themselves, you know, uh, they're probably... Yeah, you know, you get accused of all kinds of crazy things when you're a celebrity. It's true. Yeah, it's probably true. Yeah, it's not true. I didn't do it. Blah blah blah. So I, once again, for all the all the young boys who have been abused sexually, for all the women who've been abused sexually, I feel sorry for them because now everybody wants to. Me too. Yeah, that hashtag Me Too thing was not meant to be. Yeah, just join the club, even if it happened to you or not, or you thought maybe, uh, or you, you woke up the next morning and regretted you were with uh, Aziz Ansari. <laughs> yep. You know. Uh, that you can't say hashtag me too. You didn't go through what those women and young boys went through. Yeah, there's a big difference between getting really drunk and going home with somebody and waking up and going, oh my God, what have I done? Well, that's it. I mean, versus being molested. Yeah, versus being trapped in a hotel room. What the hell is that sound? Did you hear that? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay, so it wasn't just my... fluttering? It wasn't just my headphones. You never know. Didn't hear it. It was fluttering. Didn't hear it? Well, okay then. It all works out in the end. No problem. Uh, How would you like to be... (laughs) Can I tell you what? This Terry McAuliffe, or what the hell ever his name is, I interviewed the guy one time, and what a jerk this guy is. Who is this? He's a former governor of of Virginia. He no longer is. He just left office, as a matter of fact. Playing pranks on your successor is a tradition among Virginia governors. When Mark Warner moved out of the governor's mansion in 2006, for example, he left a life-size cutout of himself in the shower for the recently elected Tim Kaine. (laughs) 
The Washington Post reports Kane paid that favor forward four years later when he occasionally called cell phones they'd left in the elevator shafts to irk his successor, Robert McDonnell. <laughs> but outgoing Governor Terry McAuliffe may have taken a cake on Saturday night, greeting new Governor Ralph Northam and his wife Pam with pillowcases on their new bed plastered with McAuliffe's image. And right above the image was one of McAuliffe's favorite lines, Sleep when you're dead. <laughs> Yeah, there's, I'm looking at the pictures right now. His smiling face. This is actually kind of funny. They leave behind the bedding? Yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah, you think that you'd want new bedding. So this I is... think that's exactly why he did it, because you don't leave behind your bedding. Mm-hmm. You just put the pillow. These look like not very expensive pillows, let me put it that way. Does this go under the column of gubernatorial hazing? Yes, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> Probably. I suppose it does. They have no, well, you know, they're, they're busy spending our money. Yeah, they can't, uh, they got to have some fun once in a while. They can't just sit around with no joy whatsoever while they're, you know, pissing away all of our money on whatever favorite project they have going. I remember a story like a decade or so ago uh, where I think it was a governor um, was under trial for spending um, state funds personally or, you know, whatever. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the pieces of evidence was this, like, $4,000 gaming rig that he had bought with, like, LEDs all over the place and um, a custom case and everything. And this was bought with the uh, state budget. And he said that, you know, it was like a state computer, but it's no. You see something like that, that's uh, clearly not for the state. It's for you. Well, I remember yeah, when uh, no when Clinton left uh, the White House, he uh, someone on the Clinton staff took all the W's off the keyboards of the computers when George yes, W. Bush came was... in. <laughs> yes, he took all the W's with him. Very sad. That is very very true. Deborah Messing, and I loved, I used to love the show Will and Grace. Uh, I don't know if I could watch it anymore. No, it's terrible after now. After knowing how, I mean, like, if going back, after knowing how insane she is. She is crazy. I would look at her and I would be like, I don't know. I couldn't separate her from her real life behavior, I don't think. Well, according to E.T., she's got some, uh, she's got some problems. Deborah Messing did not hold back when bashing E! News during this year's Golden Globes red carpet. And Comcast executives are not happy. The outspoken star of the NBC hit Will and Grace first bashed today's Megyn Kelly after a show appearance. And now she has gone up against network executives for not paying Kat Sadler what she deserved. Uh, Radar Online has exclusively learned from a source inside Comcast Corporation uh, that that owns both networks that executives are furious with her. For the most recent outburst, Will and Grace on NBC has made Deborah a very rich woman, and she is still an employee, explained the insider after Messing's latest drama. They're not happy. As readers know, Messing, 49, previously bashed Kelly, 47, claiming she regretted appearing on the Today Show stage with the host after she said an insensitive comment about the LGBTQ community. Uh, During her Golden Globes interview, Messing also brought up E! News' alleged gender pay gap, saying, Time is up, and we want diversity, and we want intersectional gender parity. What is intersectional gender parity? Um, You pull into an intersection and... Intersectional gender parity? We want equal pay, and I was so shocked to hear that E! doesn't believe in paying their female co-hosts the same as male co-hosts. I mean, Miss Kat Sadler... And so we stand with her, and that's something that they can change tomorrow. We want people to start having the conversations. Women are just as valuable as men. Well, who doesn't think? 
I don't know. Intersectional gender parity is a term that she made up. She just made it up. Yes. Intersectional gender parity. She just made it up. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it's intersectional. I don't really understand what the hell she meant. It says intersectional, though. So I don't know what the, I don't know what she was talking about, whatever. But I think she was just stringing buzzwords together. Well, she's become a massive pain in the ass. Yes, she has. Is what she has now. She's she's coming up because she's 49 years old. This Will and Grace thing, I don't know how the ratings are, but probably not great. I don't think people like it. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. But I mean, Big Bang Theory, their ratings have really suffered this year again. So yeah, I just don't know if people are watching that much television. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.